Hello, and welcome to the QBW Podcast with me, your host, Carol Holtzclaw. Let's dive right in. Hello, this is Kara Holdsclaw, your host, and today we are interrupting our regularly programmed one-on-one to have a solo show. So the purpose of the solo show today is to explain a little bit more about where the podcast idea came from, um, the purpose of the podcast, the name, um, just some different questions have come in since the podcast was put out into the world, which is incredible. So thank you so much for listening and continue to hit me up across all social media platforms. I really love to hear from everybody and your feedback and again, questions, comments. Um, But I just wanted to take today to introduce myself better than I had in the past. Um, And if we have not been properly introduced, and if we do not have the pleasure of knowing each other IRL. So today, um, instead of this just being like a bonus show, because I also thought that I might do that, uh, but I know that with podcasts, it's consistency, consistency, consistency. And so sticking true to that format, I figured I will just go ahead, press pause, have a solo show. This will be a timeout with me. Um, And then we will go back to our regular programmed one-on-one interviews um, the Wednesday after next so that we can continue with the same cadence. But I just wanted to dive in and say hello and answer some more questions um, and get to know everybody better and just get a little bit more acquainted with the network and why I've chosen to do what I do. So again, I am Carol Holdsclaw. Uh, I am a sport professional. I have been working in both professional, collegiate, international sport um, for the entirety of my career. I played basketball in college, but I always played sports throughout my entire life. Um, I am a basketball coach's daughter. My dad played in the NBA back in the 70s and also overseas for um, several years. Uh, And so then he was a college coach and a professional coach. And so he moved all over the country um, with his flourishing coaching career. And that has led me to always kind of be an athletic kid. So I played volleyball, I played basketball, I played soccer, I did gymnastics until I got way too tall. Um, I tried figure skating, I've done a lot of different sports. I also was involved in musical theater, you know, fun fact. I think I thought I was gonna be on Broadway um, as my life's aspirations. And uh, yeah, kind of took a turn from where I thought I would end up. (laughs) But, Again, like I said, I played basketball in college. Um, I started at the University of Arkansas and I finished up at the University of Dayton. I was a Dayton Flyer. Um, And then, you know, don't really know when. I mean, I had always been trying to establish a network, whether it was former athletes coming together or women that were coming together that were former athletes and then maybe still being interested in working in the sports industry, but I still didn't know where and what it was I wanted to do when I got out of college. Um, Then just from friends, I heard about an awesome program to get involved and get my master's at Indiana University. And so I ended up not trying to pursue playing professionally um, and 
going into a master's program. And with that, I fell in love with sport management and doing research and qualitative and quantitative research and publishing. And it was just an exciting opportunity. And I really wanted to get into just the business of sport. It was really cool to see it from the other side of things. And I was enamored. So from there, um, I had the incredible opportunity from my mentor, Dr. Peterson at Indiana University to stay on and pursue a doctorate in sports management. Um, and that was also an incredible experience. Uh, I, <clears throat> I think initially I saw myself going into more of like player relations, um, even though I love to find solutions. I like to get to the, you know, let's get to the finish line. Let's figure this out. Um, and you know, not somebody who likes to be put into a box. So if there's some way that we can figure this out and there's some way we can get something done, then that's what I want to do. You know, that is definitely my brand as a professional. I pride myself on being incredibly resourceful and trying to get things solved, trying to get to the solution. Um, and so with that, um, I went on, I had to teach, um, while pursuing my doctorate and I went ahead and started selling tickets for the Indiana fever at Pacer sports entertainment. And in 2012, prior to me graduating with my doctorate, we won a championship, a WNBA championship. So that was incredible. I got a ring, had to pay taxes on it, but still got a ring. Um, and from there I was, you know, I really got into, I felt like the operation side of things. So the W gave me this incredible opportunity to see things from not necessarily a grassroots level, because I believe that these are the best of the best women's basketball players across the country and throughout the world, you know, that are actually competing in the WNBA. Um, and you're going to get conflicting people's ideas on that on the NBA side. So I feel like the WNBA gives you this really unique look and it's up close. Um, there's also a lot more accessibility when it comes to the WNBA and the athletes, you know, letting you get up close and personal when it comes to things that they'll do in the community um, or that, you know, their season is a little bit shorter. But then also, too, that some of their off the court and on the court ticket sales and packages and um, promotions and campaigns are geared towards that accessibility as well. Um, and so there's just things that you can do. It's just a different level. <clears throat> so with that, um, you know, I got to be instrumental as far as when we had a gaming event. Like I said, we, we won the championship in 2012. You know, the Indiana Fever were the WNBA champions. And so with that, you know, my team, we're out there putting the banners up you know, for a game. So it just kind of gave you like this grassroots feel to it, but you're playing at a state-of-the-art um, arena and you're selling tickets to the game. And this is something where, you know, I'm, I'm making a living. This is my business. This is, you know, this is my job. Um, and so it gives you a sense of pride when it's a sellout, you know, and you're in the championship game. You know, it's a really exciting it's a really exciting opportunity professionally. And so with that, I fell in love with all aspects of the business operations side. Um, and I would say that that was when it was kind of born, that it was like, yes, I want to excel in this. You know, I want to stay in sport. 
So um, initially I felt like, oh, you have to stay in professional sports. But I think um, with me being somebody who had been in higher education and academia, you know, you read about some of the different things that are happening all over the world with different professional teams or collegiate um, athletic endeavors as well. And so with that, it's just, I didn't want to limit myself. Um, a lot of times I had heard things from people um, and colleagues or maybe people that were a few steps ahead of me in their career where they say that I had done things a really non-traditional way or, you know, a way that wasn't necessary or you don't have to get your master's or you don't have to get your doctorate and you don't. Um, but for me, it worked. And I feel like my education coupled with my passion to be a successful person and being the type of person that wants to come up with a solution, I can will myself to be good in this field. You know, when it came to selling tickets, I was good at selling tickets. Um, I had been identified even, you know, with the fever and at the WNBA level as being one of the top ticket salespeople throughout the league, as well as one of the leaders um, for a future leaders program that they had instituted back when I was with the fever. And so those are things that I was really proud of. And no, I didn't start at midnight sales or inside sales or overnight sales or, you know, all these different um sales programs that you can be a part of with professional teams across all leagues, I'm sure. And, um, you know, I came in as an account executive. And honestly, when I look back, I feel like I could, you know, I may have even sold myself short. I had been selling ticket sales and, you know, kind of the pedagogy of ticket sales for years, you know, prior to having the opportunity to actually sell at that high of a level. You know, I had been able to sell both at the collegiate and professional level and semi-pro level with baseball, but, um, you know, being able to get in there and, and work for the Indiana Fever, it was an incredible experience. Um, and it was also a humbling experience. You know, I think that not necessarily do I think people all the time mean to be derogatory towards your educational endeavors, but, Lots of times people would, you know, jokingly call me doc or call me doctor. And at the time, it's so, it's so strange to think back. But it's like I, I was almost embarrassed. Because again, like I said, I, I was trying to consume as much as I possibly could from people that look like me or from women, you know, and desperately looking for somebody to be my mentor or to build network or to build community with within the sport industry. And um, I was always being told that, you know, you don't have to be overeducated. It's, you know, you should have hit the ground running when you got out of undergrad. And there's even programs before you get under out of undergrad. And those are the things, you know, that are going to separate you and doing the hard work. And, and I think that I allowed people to discourage me because they chose to go a different route when I didn't discourage any of them from going straight to working, you know, or being in an in, uh, inside sales program um, or doing one of those sales programs when they were in undergrad. I just, you know, I accept it for what it is. <laughs> I think that having that type of experience is incredible, but I don't think that it should discount somebody else's experience just because it was different. 
And um, so I always felt like I had to work really hard to prove that I belonged and that even though maybe I went some non-traditional route, that I was deserving to be there and I was deserving to have success. Um, With that, you know, I was able to continue on in my career. Like I said, I've taught at four different universities, anything under the sun when it comes to sport management and sport marketing, sports facilities management. Um, I've even gotten to create my own curriculum when I've taught online. Um, so it's it's been an incredible experience. I've also been able to continue to publish in textbooks for sport management and sport marketing and sport communication. Um, and I think that that only enhances what I bring to the table and um, you know it just gives me diversity of perspective because if I'm saying something or wanting to do something or having an idea about something it's you know it's coming from a diverse perspective Um, and so I don't like for things to feel as if it should be discounted because somebody has 10, 20, 30 years um, you know within an organization you shouldn't feel as if you're superior to somebody else you know I think that um you know this resurgence of let's get focused on the foundation of who it is that we really want to be as an organization um coming back around and being really important right now you know it it just speaks to diversity and I think that it's really important to focus on diversity of thought um so with that I have been able to also have opportunities in collegiate athletic space Um, I worked at an HBCU in Alabama. Um, I was an SWA and an Associate Athletic Director of Internal Affairs. And I am now currently the Senior Associate Athletic Director of External Affairs for Columbia University Athletics. I also lead all of our DEI initiatives for the department, as well as anything that has to do with name, image, and likeness, which is such a fun topic right now in college athletics, Um, just athletics in general. And right now, it's such an incredible space. Um, I definitely think that I have, you know, built up more confidence as a professional because, you know, I just think it's not necessarily a role or something that you feel like, you know, I have to arrive at this thing and then that's going to mean success for me. Um, I definitely am not someone new. I have to be an athletic director. I have to be the president of a team. I think that when I've been with particular teams or organizations, it's like, oh, I could see myself having an impact in this particular area, or this is challenging and I really want to find a solution for X. Um, if I feel that I can be, you know, outside of the box, if I can be impactful, and sometimes that's not being the leader of a particular organization or a team. Sometimes that's being, you know, the number two, the number three within an organizational structure. And so I just, I pride myself again on being a great communicator, on being a problem solver. And, you know, I can work autonomously or I can work in a team, you know, and I feel like I'm very resourceful and operations focused. So um, juggling a lot of different things at once is something that, again, I excel at. And, you know, that's my brand. Uh, So I definitely, um, I am excited to be where I'm at. Um, I am excited every day to get up and get to do what it is that I do. Um, I, what I love about the sports industry is that there really are not two days that are the same. Um, 
I think that, you know, I'm incredibly grateful for where I'm at, for where I have come from, you know, from where I started. Um, and not to say that I'm finished by any means, but it's just a matter of, it's, it's really exciting. It's exciting to do challenging work and it's exciting to feel as if you're making an impact or you feel like you're doing good work and you feel like you're very present in what it is that you're doing and you're bringing to the table. And then to hear that somebody, you know, really liked a campaign that you put out or that someone found some marketing material to be, you know, impactful, um, or that it had some type of effect on them, or that it had some type of effect on the bottom line. Um, You know, those types of things are things that give me that strength, that give me that power, you know, to keep moving forward and to keep doing what I'm doing. So, that is a little bit more about me and why I'm doing what I do um, and why I have chosen to be in the sport industry. So another question that I had received was why the Qualified Black Women Podcast? So um, for me, it was, <laughs> it's, it's actually a funny story. <clears throat> so a colleague of mine at a previous organization um was sharing a hiring story with me and said that the person that was leading uh, the charge for this hiring committee was, you know, kind of directed towards wanting to find a minority female to fill a particular role. You know, like that was really what they wanted. Um, And so it just kind of came out like, yeah, we're looking for, you know, a qualified black woman. And um, even though it was uh, initially kind of offensive to me um, from knowing the people that were in that room, I wasn't in that room, um, but said I didn't hear it from anybody's mouth. And, you know, just me and my colleague, we were just kind of joking about it where, um, you know, it's interesting that that would be the charge Um, on some levels. It's like. I love that, you know, it was in that person's mind to think, yes, I want, you know, I'm really focused on trying to find a woman, you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, you want the best person to be the person that gets the opportunity. But at the same time, I, I, you know, I do, I love that. I love that the focal point for them for hiring this leadership role was on finding diversity. Um, And even more importantly, you know, uh, diversity in both race and diversity in gender. You know, so I know that, you know, hopefully they did their due diligence as far as having a wide range of people that were, you know, interviewed or taken seriously um, and seriously considered for that role. And from there, it just, you know, I feel like every time me and I spoke, um, you know, it always kind of go back to that, like, yeah, you know, then shortened to a QBW. Um, And in a weird way, because it's been years now, in a weird way, it was something that I wanted to own. You know, like, it it started off as, like, just kind of hokey or, like, it was a joke in some way. And then it was like, no. You know, the more I thought about it, it was like, but I am qualified. And I think um, it is special to be a black woman. I think it's special to be... I think it's special to be anyone and every person has their own secret sauce. But I think that looking from the outside in, 
to a race or a culture or a group. Um, you know, sometimes I do think that people, again, I'll use that word dangerous, even though it's a little dramatic, um, dangerously might think that, oh, you know, all black people are all black women. It's a monolith, you know, and we're not, we're not. So um, I just wanted to create a space because I've also struggled with, um, you know, making these professional friends. You know, I, I think through the years now I have made some friends and some friends that are like family um, who are in the sports industry. But um, on my own, sometimes when I'm working side by side with them, it's been more difficult, especially if somebody's like a few steps ahead of me. Um, I feel like when it's a black woman, they have, I don't know, felt as if um, there's only room for one. Uh, and I just vehemently disagree with that sentiment. You know, I, I, um, I do understand that you feel like you have a spotlight on you. But with that, and even though I might be shaking, I might be scared, um, you know, I will continue to advocate for other women. I will continue to advocate for black women, period. Um, and it's, you know, it's, I think it's difficult to, to, you know, really own that space. You know, and I had another, uh, I had a mentor of mine years and years ago, um, and they're very successful and they're, I, I think they're a great person. They're very smart. Um, I had shared with them that I would, what my idea for my um, doctoral research was gonna be. And, um, you know, he just kind of reduced it down. You know, he was sitting there thinking, listening to me and reduced it down to, okay, so you understand that you're a black woman and you want your research to be championing black women. And it, I, in that moment, you know, like you have these situations where you're like, oh gosh, I should have said something or I should have said this or I should have said that. You know, that's one of those moments for me um, that I continue to, you know, I, I visit that. Um, but I, I initially had been like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, let me rethink this. You're right. You know, I am a black woman, you know, like, like I didn't know that day. I'm a black woman. You're right. I forgot, you know? So, um, it was like, yeah, I'm a black woman and I want to work in sports and I'm going to champion for other black women. And I'm going to do this research to sound the bell, ring the alarm. Um, and it's funny because it happened so many years before the qualified black woman, name and thing you know kind of came up but um it's my research almost mirrors that as like hey i'm sounding the alarm that just because you're a woman just because you're a black woman you do not have to sell yourself short if you want to put yourself up for a promotion and you had just gotten this other position i think this is one of the questions that was actually my survey instrument go for it because when surveying men they go for it you know, like more times than not. But then when it comes to women, it's like black women were the ones out of the groups that I surveyed that didn't take the opportunities, that did think they had to have the exact amount of years or more um, in the job description to be able to put themselves up 
as a candidate for a role. So um, it was just things like that where I, you know, I was by myself and I was rethinking what my research was going to be. And I was like, you know what? I am a black woman. I am going to champion for black women, you know, and that's just going to be what it is. And I think in that moment, again, it's scary to say that I'm going to go in the opposite direction of somebody that I value, you know, I value their opinion and their friendship, their guidance, their wisdom. Um, and I'm going to go against that and say, you know, no, you know, I am going to continue to do this type of research. And I do believe that there is power in this. And I feel like this is something that needs to be researched. Um, and so, you know, I, I had to (laughs) go against the tide a few times when it comes to that. And, um, you know, sometimes it's difficult. Again, there's been some experiences throughout my career, um, where, like I said, it's, um, people that look like me, black women that I feel like have not been welcoming, have not been nurturing, have not been, um, you know, let's, let me help you out. Let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about that. Um, and you know, so it's, it's difficult because there's definitely, you know, the good old boys club. And, um, I think in sports, there's definitely the good old girls club, you know? And so, um, I just, I don't see a problem with, you know, coming together with like-minded people that look like you and it makes you feel good and it makes you feel like you can get ahead and that there can be more than one person at the table and that there can be one person that gets, you know, because even in 2021, 2022, there's still black women or Asian women that are doing things that they've never done before that are having opportunities in sport that have never been afforded to them. Um, and so you know, still, I'm like a little girl looking up to these women that are making these bold, trailblazing moves. And so I just, I want to celebrate that. And like I said, even though I've experienced some things that would be the opposite of what it is that I'm saying, um, where there has not maybe been camaraderie or sisterhood, you know, I'm trying to create this space so that somebody else doesn't have to go through what I went through. Um, And know that, even if you're dealing with somebody and there's somebody that looks like you and you're trying to reach out and connect, um, that, you know, I'm here for you. And I want to build a community and network um, of, you know, like-minded girls and women that look like you, that support you, and that are telling you that you can do this and that you are a qualified black woman. You are a qualified black woman. So this podcast, you know, it's, it's for me. And it's for you. You know, I want, I want those girls and women to know, keep moving forward and, you know, believe in what you believe in and find your superpower, find your secret sauce, you know, find your go-to move um, and establish yourself, establish a brand within the sport industry and just know that this community is here and that you've got this, you know, you're qualified no matter what. Don't let anybody take that away from you. Um, and yeah, so I think, uh, with that, um, it's, it's just, it's really been exciting. It's really been scary, um, to put this podcast out into the world. Um, even if just five people listen, you know, then it's five more people that I hope will continue to spread the message. 
Um, and, you know, I definitely think that it is not divisiveness. You know, I definitely think that it's better to self-identify and to find your tribe, you know, um, as opposed to just being in a group of other. So definitely identify you, you know, even though you're within that group does not mean that that group is a monolith. Um, we are allowed to hold space. We're allowed to share stories. Uh, and, you know, I think that having a network of people that are supporting you and that could possibly be seen as what you're seen as from the outside looking in, you know, it doesn't hurt to build community with those types of people. So, um, again, Super excited that you've been joining me. Um, this has been an incredible journey. Again, just looking to continue to have consistency, consistency, consistency. And you can hear the Qualified Black Woman podcast every other Wednesday. And um, like I said, we'll go back to our regularly scheduled programming and one-on-one -on -one interview style um, the Wednesday after next. Um, really looking to continue on with these interviews, um, learning some more about people that are my friends um, or people that I've looked up to within the industry and just to hear their journey and to hear about people that are outside of sports that maybe I don't have anything, you know, I don't have any direct experience with or working in. Um, so this has also been an incredibly educational um, an inspiring and empowering journey for me to be able to just speak to other black women in the sports industry and you know just to give everybody their flowers um, and definitely to encourage empower and educate this generation and the next generation um, to continue to self-identify to continue to just be your full wonderfully flawed self um, and again, just, you know, trying to find your own superpower, your go-to move, and just know that I'm cheering for you. Um, and the Qualified Black Woman podcast is here for you every other Wednesday. So tune in uh, and really looking forward to continuing the conversation and to continuing our one-on-ones. Uh, so again, hit me up. Feel free to question, comment, hit me up across any social media platform. Love to hear from you. Love to hear your feedback and continue to listen, like, share. Um, and again, just really appreciate all the love. So, uh, you know, keep doing your thing and I see you QBW. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye.